0: Hey, you're about to hear a great word from our teaching team. At Freedom House, we're about equipping you to experience Christ's freedom every day. We would love to connect with you. We stream our live services Sundays at 1030 and 1215 Eastern Standard Time. You can join us at freedomhouse.cc slash live. I hope you enjoyed this message. We're continuing the series called Crossing Jordan. I think there's two types of people. Now, tell me if you, what category you fall into, all right? The first group of people are people that, that I don't like very much, Because right? you then don't, you don't fall into that category because you're, you're the cool people. Let's we'll talk about the nine o'clock service for a second. These are the people, two kinds of people, first group of people. These are the people that, that tell you they're going to do something and then they don't do it. Isn't that the worst? Yeah. Or, or they say they're going to show up somewhere and they don't show up. Or or they say, hey, I'm going to be there at 10 o'clock, and then at 1025, they show up. That's not you. That's not you. That, I know that's not you. Those, and they always have good excuses, don't they? Well, you know, I was in the bed, and there were three angels, and we were talking, and, and they just said, you need to stay. They're going to understand. And you know, they, they say, hey, the reason I'm late is because you need to operate in forgiveness, and God's trying to teach you something. Um, I had a friend of mine one time, uh, not a very close friend, didn't last very long in my friendship circle. Uh, he was an acquaintance later. He told me that when he was late, it was because I needed to understand that uh, there was something obviously more important than him being on time. And so that's why he was late. And so uh, we had to remove him from the friendship circle. So, <laughs> The other kind of person are the people like you. The people who, when they tell you something, they actually fulfill it. I like those kind of people. When they say they're going to show up somewhere, they show up. When they say they're going to do something, you, you don't even have to ask them again. Like you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're going to do it. You know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful that that, exact, that is exactly how God is. God is someone that we can always count on. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Numbers chapter 23, God is not a man that he should, say it with me, lie. Aren't you thankful that no matter what God says, he's always going to fulfill it for you? Let me say it another way. This is kind of my phrasing. If God said it, you will see it. Come on, will you say that with me? One, two, three. If God said it, you will see it. Look at your neighbor. Point at him and say, if God said it, you're going to see it. Look at your other neighbor. Look at the other person and say, if God said it, I'm going, I'm going to see it. Turn around the person behind you, look at him and say, you may not see it, but I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I want to see it. If God said it, then I am going to see it. I think it's great when he gives us the promise. When he, when he came to the Israelites, and that's what this whole series is about, is, is he said, listen, you're going, to get, you're going to get a promise. And this promise actually started with Abraham. Abraham was in a tent. God said, I'm going to take you out. I want you to see up into the sky. The sky's full of stars. That's how, many, uh, that's how many people that you're going to have uh, in, your, in your life. That, that's how many people you're going to birth. That's going to be the, the legacy of your life. You're going to enter into a promised land. And that, and that promise went from Abraham to Isaac. And in the middle of a famine, Isaac sowed, and, but he still reaped the promise. Then he went to Jacob. Jacob, who later became Israel, 12 tribes of Israel, stuck in Egypt. Joseph, given a promise. We've all been given a, a promise, a promise. Our promised land, however, looks different. Looks different than the person to our left, the person to our right. Your promised land different than my promised land. I think we, we go into promised land and, and we continue To discover the promises of God over and over. I love what Carrie said. She she quoted 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. It says, all the promises of God are yes and in him, amen, through Jesus Christ. That promise led all the way up into the point where Jesus was put on the cross and he took back the keys of death and hell for you and me so that we could forever walk in the promise of God. Yes, a promise is heaven but how many of you know you need to live heaven right now on your earth? We, we should be living heaven on earth. And every promise looks a little bit, bit different. Maybe your promise today is a renewed marriage. Last night we had an incredible encounter uh, service after end of our How many of y'all participated in the fast? Raise your hand if you participated in the fast. A lot of you. Awesome. Awesome. This is something we're going to do. We do this every year. Uh, I, I'm excited about just the breakthroughs that happened last night. Last night we had about 20 couples marriages, who were honest about the struggles they were going through. The devil was attacking them, trying to get them to divorce and divide. We prayed for them. We believed for breakthrough. And we know God's going to move. Maybe, maybe your promise is a renewed marriage. Maybe a promise for you is your kids coming back to God. Maybe a promise for you is salvation for your spouse. Maybe a promise for you is is God moving through a dream that he gave you. Maybe, maybe a promise for you is freedom from an illness that you've been dealing with for months, if not years. Maybe a promise for you is that you'll be the first person in your family to own a home. Maybe the, a promise for you is you'll be the first person in your family to go to college and finish college, get an education. Maybe that dream for you, that promise, is that you'll own a, your own business I know, I know that's a lot of people's promise today. And you can inherit, you, you know, because if God said it, you will see it. Now, here's what I've learned about seeing it. You've got to see it before you can see it. Yeah. See, you've got two eyes on the front of your face, and you've got two ears on the side of your head. But how many of you know those two eyes and those two ears will often deceive you? And so you have to be able to see inside. You also have, a, have, a, have spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. And those are the ones that you have to listen to in spite of what you see with the two on the front of your face. Or the two ears that you hear. you got to be able to see past that circumstance. you got to see past your giants and know that there's a victory on the other side of it. But you got to see it before you can see it. You've got to be able to to, to visualize it. I'm not just talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about actually realizing that God has something bigger and better for you and then walking into it. And so that's what the Jordan River is all about. It's about that first step of obedience to receive the promise that God has for us. And what we want to do is kind of push you as a church at the beginning of this year, push you to take that promise because God has already prepared it for you. Now, I believe the hardest part about that promise, Joshua helps us with, God explains to him, and it's found in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. I believe one of the hardest parts of crossing the Jordan. One of the hardest parts of receiving the promise that God has for us is that you have to put your back to your past. This is big. This is huge. I once heard somebody say it this way. If the horse is dead, dismount. But let's be honest. Some of us are still sitting on a dead horse. Expecting God to raise it from the dead When he's just basically saying, that horse cannot go into your promise with you. And that's exactly what happened to Joshua. God had to just tell Joshua, hey listen Joshua, Moses is dead. In other words, you've got to let go of your connection with this guy. Now now here, let me just speak theologically to you for a second. Because Moses represented something for us and Joshua represents something for us. Moses represents the law. The law can only reveal sin. It cannot forgive sin. It cannot wash you clean of sin. The law was a revealer. In other words, you will never know you need a savior until you recognize you're a sinner. You'll never be able to. And so what the law does, what the law did, was try to reveal that we, we, we are a, 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 just a messed up humanity, that we need a savior. And so that's why God brought along Joshua. Joshua is the picture of Jesus. Matter of fact, his name in the Hebrew is Jesus. Moses even changed his name. His name, first of all, was Hosea, which means may God save. Joshua means Jehovah is salvation, just like Jesus so Jesus and Joshua were the same, same exact name. So Moses, even if, he wasn't, even if he didn't strike the rock the second time, God would not have been able to bring him into the promised land. And oftentimes in our life, what we try to do is drag something, sometimes someone, over the Jordan River who is not ready to go with us. Or we try to bring those harassing thoughts, those tormenting thoughts of our past I love what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3. He says, this one thing I do. Everybody say one thing. He says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, these used to always baffle me because he said one thing, but yet he said two. He said, one thing I do, and then he said two things. Because you, this is one thing. In order to let go of the past, you have to see the promise. Let me say that one more time because this is really important. In order to let go of the past, you've got to see the promise. You've got to be able to visualize that this is what God has for me, and I believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to walk out of that. This is why we do what's called Forward at Freedom House Church. It's an opportunity for you to go through four life group classes, through tr- four tracks that help you deal with... With the old identity that we often carry on to our Christian life, the the habits, the addictions, the the cycles that we often carry on. What happens is, like like for me, I got saved, man, radically saved when I was 21 years old, radically saved, but I had some issues. Come on, I had some dysfunction, I had some baggage. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all brought it with you today. Now, don't point at them, that's just mean. I had some baggage. I had some past. I had some alcoholism. I had some identity issues. I had some challenges. And so what God had to do over time, yes, I was born again. Yes, my soul was saved. Yes, I was going to heaven. Yes, I had promises. But I was dragging around all this baggage with me, all this old Troy stuff, trying to take it with me everywhere I went. So Paul says, listen, I'm not going to allow those old things, that old torment. And the enemy... Would love to hold you captive to that old thought pattern, that old mindset, to remind you. And doesn't he do it all the time? Just try to remind you of what you did in the past and the mistakes you made. And you're going to end up exactly like you did six months ago. And it doesn't matter what you try now. That is a, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Do exactly the opposite of what the devil's telling you. And just forgetting those things, looking forward to what lies ahead. I'm going to press to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize, that promise that God has for me. But I've got to let go. I've got to turn my back to my past. Once you do this with me? Look over your left shoulder. Look over your left shoulder. Look behind you. Look over your right shoulder. Come on, look over your right shoulder. Now look at me. That's the last time you're going to look back in Jesus' name. Amen? That's the last time you're going to look back. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Because I want to move forward with this. After every Jordan is a Jericho. So once you cross the Jordan, there's going to be a Jericho. You're going to face a Jericho. We all face a Jericho. Now, here's the thing that kind of baffles me about God. Because, okay, um, if I'm God and I'm giving you the promised land. Okay, this is the way that I think. Israelites are going to enter the promised land. Wouldn't it make sense... For him just to wipe the land clean of all the enemies. Like just wipe them out. That's what he did in Egypt. Like he just destroyed them. They tried to follow the Israelites into the Red Sea. Boom. Just covered them up. Dealt with the whole army. Done. Dealt with. Why in the world would God send the Israelites into the promised land. And immediately they would face an enemy. They would face a problem. Now this is what happens with us as parents. This is the decision we have to make as parents. If you have kids. And this is, this is what you have to learn as you're growing up. A lot of times it's not good to remove some of the challenges that your kids are going through. Because in order for them to learn how to fight for themselves, you've got to leave some pain in their life. You've got to let them deal with some of the consequences of their mistakes. Come on, I know. Or you create some entitled, spoiled, rotten kids. Come on, ones that you want to sell on eBay. (laughs) We've all been there. Don't be getting all religious like you didn't want to give up your kids and make another one. (laughs) That was the fun part. Now it's the hard part, you know. (laughs) Gracious. (laughs) But if you do that, you you create a kid that's entitled. You create a kid that expects for you to bail them out all the time. See, the Jordan is that first step of faith. It's that leap that activates our faith. Jericho is what grows our faith. And Jericho teaches us a prescription on how to have victory when it comes to every promise that we have. So let's look at this. Let's look at this passage of Scripture because resistance is important to grow in your faith. It's very important. So God, listen, God leaves resistance so that your faith, you don't need more faith, you just need your faith that you have to mature, grow. And I've said this before, and I stole it from T.D. Jakes. You don't know what kind of faith you have until you've been in a good fight. Ha! That was the best T.D. Jakes impression I got right there. And that was terrible. Sorry. Sorry, Bishop. You're watching. I'm real sorry, man. You don't know what kind of faith you have until you've been in a fight. How many of y'all fighting right now? How many of y'all in a fight right now? Come on. A lot of us are in fights. And you know why you're in a fight? Because God is growing your faith. He's growing your faith. You don't, you don't get stronger without resistance. That's the way it works in Exercise. You've got to have resistance. There's got to be some resistance in order to work your muscle out. And, and the interesting thing about muscles is your muscle you don't grow more muscle. You strengthen the muscle that you have. Muscles don't get bigger because you're adding to them. Muscles get bigger because they're maturing. You break them down, and then they grow bigger. And that's what the fight is meant for. The resistance is there to break us down so we can be stronger. So when the next fight comes, you're able to stand up, like Mike said, and go, I won that one. Bring it on, devil. I got your number this time. Okay, okay, you you did that in my life? I'm going to pick up that trophy. I won that battle. I can fight another one, and I will win that one too. Be that kind of person that either you are getting up or on your way to get up. That's the kind of because that's what resistance is for. So let's look at Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, all the way down through verse 5. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. I love that phrase because that reminds me that every morning when I wake up, the devil is afraid of Troy Maxwell. Every time I get up and, and and decide to live another day under the direction of the Holy Spirit. The devil is afraid of me. I don't have to be afraid of him. He is afraid of me. When I I wake up in the morning, there may be demons waiting around in my house. And they're like, oh, I'm so afraid. Troy Maxwell's getting up. Because I'm going to whoop them. Because I've already won. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. And that's the way we have to live. You don't have to be afraid of the enemy. Oh, uh, enemy! The enemy. You don't have to be afraid of the enemy. Just be all intimidated. That's what he uses. He uses intimidation tactics because he has no power. That's why the Bible says he walks around like a roaring lion. He ain't no roaring lion. He's a little kitty cat, little tiny kitty cat. And I don't even like cats, unless they're in Chinese food or something like that. But anyway, sorry. I'm sorry. That was bad. That was bad. That was bad. Sorry, forgive me. I'm sorry. All right, stop, stop. We've got to get back to the message. Come on, say, if God said it, you will see it. it." it. (laughs) That was funny, though. All right, verse two. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. Let's keep reading. You and your fighting men should march around the town once. Every, once a day for six days. How many times is that? Six times. So once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, okay, so once a day, every day for six days. But on the seventh day, you are to march around the town how many times? Seven times. So, so how many times is that total they have to march around? Thirteen different times. So once a day for six days, and then on the seventh day, seven times. With the priests blowing The horns. Verse 5. When you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse. Or if you want to sing the song, the walls will become tum-tum-tumbling down. And the people can charge straight into the town. Now, I don't know if you saw it, but there is actually a prescription for victory within these five verses. A prescription. Now... This is the first city that the Israelites have to overtake. And he gives them a prescription on how to deal with it. How to deal with each one. He talks about circling. And the first is, basically he says, if you want to see it, you got to pray for it. If you will see it, if you will pray for it. There's always a condition on the promise. You will see it if... You will pray for it. Which means you've got to decide that that's my promise. I see it. So God, I'm going to pray according to your word to speak that promise into my now. Because the promise is right right on the other side of the natural. It's in the supernatural. It's right on the other side. Right on the other side of the walls of the Jericho. Right on the other side. And God has already given you the victory. All you got to do is walk into it. By faith. And faith is activated with our prayers. Prayer is the voice of your faith. It's the voice of your faith. I play a lot of golf. I like to play golf. And one of the things that happens uh, that's kind of funny on the golf course is there's all these little sayings you say to people when they mess up something, when they make a mistake. And so, all my friends, when I hit a putt on the green and it comes up short, There's a phrase, and if you've been around golf, we all say it, 100% of short putts never go in. And it's the truth. If you hit a putt and you don't give it a chance to make it, if you don't even make it to the hole, guess what? It ain't going in. It's never going to go in until you give it a chance to get to the hole. Listen to me. 100% of prayers that are never prayed will never get answered. One hundred percent. I can guarantee you. You can wish it. You can think it hard as you can, but no. God says, "Open your mouth and begin to pray the prayer of faith to connect with the promise of God that He has for your life." Pray the prayer of faith. Pray it. Here's what the Bible says in Mark chapter eleven. Therefore, I say to you. This is Jesus talking to us. Now, notice what He said. He He says to you. He is using his words, his faith, to speak faith into us. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray. Now, this isn't a name it, claim it kind of prayer. That's what I'm talking about. Lord, I need a Mercedes. Lord, give me a Mercedes. When I walk out of church today, there's going to be one parked in my driveway. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Come on, God, you go going to bring me a Mercedes and a new house, Lord. I need a new house, bigger, bigger. 23 rooms and 16 bathrooms I know God I'm single but Lord that's just stupid that's not what he's talking about whatever thing you ask ask according to his word Lord I need a new husband that's not a prayer Lord I need a new wife I need to upgrade no that's not how it works okay no it's up to you to do the upgrading Whatever you things you ask when you pray believe that you will receive you receive them and you will have them. In other words, God said it, I see it, so I'm going to say it. I'm going to pray this thing into existence. I'm going to pray this thing. I'm going to speak this thing into existence. I see it with my spiritual eyes and as a result I'm going to get I'm going to get what God said about it. And then I'm just going to say it. And I'm not just going to pray for it. I'm going to pray through it. That's what circling is. I'm going to pray through this thing. I'm going to circle this thing in prayer. I'm going to keep speaking to that promise until actually I can see it with these two eyes on my face. I'm going to circle it. If it means six days... Guess what? I'll just keep circling it for six days. If it means seven times in one day, then guess what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to start it in the morning. I'm going to pray the first time when I get up in the morning, the second time around 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, every hour, every day. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep praying. And my prayers are going to be specific, not vague, because God doesn't answer vague prayers. He answers specific, or as my kids say, pacific prayers you got to have pacific prayers. And when they were younger, they'd say, God, I I, I want something pacific. Give me something (laughs) pacific. Pacific prayers. Which means that you are dialed in to the promise, and you're speaking that into existence. Specifically, exactly with what God has according to you. That promise that he has for you. Now, here's a key. Let me give you a key about prayer. Just a little side note. Prayer is hindered with unforgiveness. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, forgive. Forgive. You, you've got to walk in forgiveness. And So in order for us to deal with prayer, sometimes we just got to leave the promise there. Leave it there. Walk away. Find the person we need to deal with. Reconcile. Then we can come back and receive the promise. Because there's nothing worse than a bitter-laden prayer. A prayer that has offense all over it. A prayer that has unforgiveness all over it. It doesn't get as high as the ceiling, and that's about as far as it'll go. It just hits the ceiling and drops right back down. Because your mind isn't connected to the promise. Your mind is on resentment and revenge. Trying to fix the situation. That's why forgiveness... Now, let me just say something about forgiveness. This is for somebody that's watching or or here today. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Listen to me. It is not a feeling. It's an act of faith. So oftentimes, you're going to have to keep forgiving that person until you feel it. But the moment that you begin saying it, the moment that you release it in faith, God begins to remove those feelings to eventually. That's why the Bible says, bless those that curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you because the more often you pray for that person, the more, the more God is able to disconnect the feeling of hurt that is connected with the person who hurt you. And so you release yourself. So the more you pray, the more that you release them in forgiveness and walk that out, God will move powerfully. But prayers that, that have unforgiveness around them, hindered. They're hindered prayer. Here's the second thing. Here's the second prescription. You will see it if you will persevere. you got to not quit. Perseverance gives us a 360-degree perspective of our promise. Think about it. They walked around how how many times a day for the first six days? One time. One time they walked around. And then on the seventh day, they circled it how many times? Seven times. 13 different times. Now think about this. Think about this. Do you think they got a good understanding of how big that wall was? Do you think that they understood what it was going to take to maybe break the gate down? They probably looked at every single gate. They probably looked at every window that was on that wall. They looked up, you know, probably waved at the guards at the top of it. They were watching. They were afraid. They were afraid of what was going on. They're walking. They're following somebody. They got somebody behind them. They got somebody in front of them. But they got a good perspective of what the enemy was trying to do to hold them back. They understood it. Persistence, listen, persistence is often so we can get a good perspective of what it's going to take to receive the promise. So we walk all the way around it over and over again. So the reason why you're having to wait is because God wants you to see it from every angle. So we can see how to deal with it from every angle. And there may be a... An angle over here that he goes, okay, now it's time to move. That's why after that seventh time, they stood up and they began to shout and to praise God. There's a story in, um, in, in Luke chapter 18, a, a parable that Jesus tells of this woman who goes to an unjust judge, not even a Christian. And, and she wants to get something from him and she will not quit. And here's what He says, In Luke chapter 18, verse 5, yet because of all the trouble this widow is giving me, sounds like my wife, I will see to it that she gets her rights. I'm joking, of course. If I don't, she will keep on coming and finally wear me out. She's going to wear me out. She just wore him down to the point where he finally said, all right, I'm going to give it to you. I'll buy those shoes for you, sweetheart, okay? If you'll just stop reminding me, pictures of them everywhere, and, and wouldn't they look good with these, this, and, and look at this, and try them on, and look at that, and oh, my birthday's coming up, and, and you, you, you didn't give me anything for, for Valentine's Day, and it's coming up, it's just a few weeks. Just wearing me out, just wearing me down to the point where you just finally just give in and do it. You, you men, you know what I'm talking about. Here's what Jesus said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears along with them? Now, why is it? Okay, let's think about this. Why is it that we have to persist? Why is it that a God who knows every prayer before we pray, he knows what we need before he asks him, why is it that we have to ask him? Because I, I believe this, I believe it's an act of our will To love a God who cares about us. So when we step out in faith, he's saying, my kid loves me. And he's coming to me. The other reason is that there is demons and devils that do not want you to walk in your promise. And just like Daniel prayed for 21 days for God to show up. 21 days. When Michael finally showed up and visited him, he said, look, I've been fighting From day one that you prayed the prayer, we heard you, but we had to fight in order to get to you. Sometimes you're just going to have to persist to the point where you're just circling that bad boy, circling it, and you've got to decide, I am never going to give up until I get the promise. I am never going to give up. Oftentimes, we quit way before the promise. And sometimes, right on the verge... Of the miracle we're we'll believing for, we stop and walk away from it. Persevere. If I want to see it, I got to persist. I got to persevere. Here's the, here's the thing about perseverance the reach of our prayers are determined by our persistence. So the, our persistence is how long our prayers will reach. And here's the third thing the third thing is you will see it if you will praise God for it. Praise Him. Praise. Is the baton pass of prayer. Praise is us saying, I'm going I'm to take it to another level. Once I've prayed through, I am not through. Let me say that again. Once I've prayed through, I am not through. Now it's time to praise. Now it's time. Now what is praise? Well, God tells us. Look at what he said to Joshua in verse 2 of chapter 6. But the Lord said to Joshua... Jericho, listen to the tense of this phrase. Jericho and its king and all its mighty warriors are already defeated. Okay, time out, time out, time out. What do you mean? They haven't even done anything. And what he asked them to do is crazy. Walk around the city? Shout? Blow a ram's horn? What's up, God? We came here to fight. God's saying, if you'll do it like I want you to do it. Number one, you'll always win. You'll always win. Because, listen, he's already defeated. For I have given them to you. Past tense. See, praise is the pass of baton from prayer. Thanking God that he's already done it. He's already completed it. And it's the transfer from seeing it to seeing it. That's what praise is. Praise is God... I I, I know you've already done it. I know you've already completed this thing, and so I'm going to begin to praise you for it. I'm going to begin to thank you for it. I'm going to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God, I'm going to lift your name up regardless of what I see with my two eyes because I see it. I see it with my spiritual eyes. I love Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, let us praise God for his glorious grace. Let's, Let's praise him for his grace because if God said it, I'm going to see it. Come on, say it with me. Say, if God said it, I'm going to see it. One more time. If God said it, I'm going to see it. Why don't you stand up on your feet? Come on, stand up on your feet. And if you got a promise that you're ready to circle in some praise today. If you know that promise and you see it, you see it with those spiritual eyes. We're going to go old school today. I want you to get out of your seat and come up to this altar you know that promise maybe it's a promise for your marriage maybe it's a promise for a business maybe it's a promise for healing I want you to get out of your seat and come to this altar lift your hands to heaven and I want you to begin to praise God we're going to sing this song out today maybe you need to praise God for your marriage maybe you need to praise God for your finances maybe you need to praise God for a breakthrough with your kids a breakthrough financially you need to praise God for a financial breaker just push your way up to the front come as close as you can there are all kinds of people beside you behind you lift your hands up to heaven begin to thank him begin to thank him in advance father we praise you we praise you today God we thank you that as we praise you walls are coming tumbling down they're coming falling down the walls of the enemy are coming down the walls of the enemy are coming down the God, I want to see it. I want to see it with my eyes, God, my spiritual eyes. If God, you said it. I'm going to see
1: it. Come on. Swing wide. Swing wide. Come on, sing it out.
0: It. Come on, you got to get that in your spirit. If God said it, come on, say it again. I can see it. I can see it. You believe that today? You believe that? Amen. 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 Don't quit. Don't quit. If you see it in here, don't quit until you see it with these two eyes. You know when I, when my uh, daughter, my second daughter, Cabell, was in utero. I've told this story before. She had tumors all in her brain. The doctors gave us a report. This was their report. This is what they saw. They said, your daughter is either going to be a Down syndrome baby, she'll have a hole in her heart, she'll have all kinds of problems, or she'll be an Edwards syndrome baby and within one year she'll be dead. And I said, well, that's not what I see. I said, I see my daughter whole, I see my daughter with every tumor gone. I'm telling you the truth. I I mean, when they told me that, it was as if God had prepared me with an answer already. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do, man. That's what what He'll do. He will prepare you. My wife, you know, it was hard. We we couldn't touch our child. We couldn't hold our child. We couldn't lay hands on our child. She was still in utero. But I saw her healed. I saw her healed. So I just began to pray. I got the right people around me. I didn't tell everybody about it. Because not everybody can handle that. I got people who knew how to pray, knew how to believe. I got them connected to the situation and I started to believe in faith. And then, and then there was a shift where I just knew it and I just started to thank God. God, I thank you. I thank you that you've already done this. I think you've already defeated the enemy. I thank you that, that my child is going to walk and talk and see and hear. No problems with her heart. I, I, was pacif- I was pacific with my prayers. I was pacific. Some of you today, I'm just going to challenge you. Some of you today, you were about to give up on that promise. And today was that little jump start you needed. Come on, to keep circling it. Just keep going. Just keep walking around. Amen. Just to keep going. Keep going. Hallelujah. One more time. Say, if God said it, I will see it. One more time. If God said it, I will see it. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe. And hey, if you want to find out more about our church or how you can be a part, go to freedomhouse.cc.